Hello, and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Hello, and welcome back to the Spiraling Higher podcast. I'm here with the lovely Gina, and we have something very special today. We actually just went and saw Abraham Hicks. How do you feel about that? Oh my gosh, dream come true. A literal manifestation. We had actually been, so we bonded over obviously our mutual love of spirituality and consciousness. I think one of the very first questions you asked me was, do you listen to Abraham Hicks? And I was like, yeah, it was. obviously. Yeah. And so much of our friendship was really founded on sharing insights from different videos. We still do share certain videos and we're like, oh my God, at 10 minutes, that part hit. And yes. it's been wild too to watch us spiraling higher and get new lessons from the same videos. Because mm. if you are an Abraham fan, you definitely get new things every time. And so we've been manifesting, going to see Abraham Hicks together for years. And Gina, you remember last year, I became very fixated on this. I was like, we have to go, we have to go. And all of them were cruises because once again, if you're an Abraham fan, you know, Esther loves cruises. So she takes Abraham with her on cruises. (laughs) And the cruises are pretty long. And so we just didn't have a block in our schedule where it would work. But there was one one day event in Amsterdam. And I literally asked Gina, do we just fly to Amsterdam for this one day workshop? And she was like, no, like, we're not going to go all the way to Europe for a one-day workshop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. But I was just so nervous because I had this fear that, you know, Esther, the channel, was going to die or – I don't know. It's just they kind of do as they please and they don't do that many live events, I find. Especially than- not one-day ones. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's always like the five, six, seven-day cruises. And so – Anyways, she was like, you know what? You just need to let this go right now. And it's either going to be this or something better. We're going to see Abraham. And I was kind of dejected. I was like, (laughs) all right, so you were not going to go to Amsterdam to see Abraham? And I kind of thought, this is over. Like, I'm just going to give up. Well, you (laughs) tried to get me onto the cruise. And I was like, no, Sam, we're not going to go on a seven-day cruise. I I I can't leave my family for that long. (laughs) And I was like, we're going to find – it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. It'll be the perfect timing, perfect location. It's going to happen. And I did not believe you in that moment, but I did, I did um, release some resistance, kind of like, you know what, it's fine. I have the videos, which is true. Like, you don't have to go see Abraham. Right. There's so many videos. Like, you can get everything you need from YouTube. So I released <laughs> this resistance. And then one day out of the, for me, what was the absolute blue and for Gina, um, she had, like, I was doing something and I'm very boundaried with my phone. So if I'm working on something, I can do airplane mode and just ignore. And so she was like blasting my phone. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. He was like calling me and like sending me multiple text messages, all caps, of course. Yeah. And the last message I see, which is like the most recent one, I guess, right, is don't worry, I already got them. And I was like, got what? <laughs> And they were tickets to see Abraham because Abraham had added or Esther and Abraham, whatever, their whole team of galactic beings. Um, they added a one day workshop in Seattle, which is just three hours away from us. So, whoa, 
Well, I got the email. Um, I think I got an email or I think I was just browsing their website, but I saw the date and I was like, oh my God, it's a one day thing. It's this year. It was in a few months. So yeah, I just started texting Sam furiously. I was like, oh my God, we found the date. Oh my God. And I was waiting for her to book the ticket. And then I was like, screw this. I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to book it. And so yeah, we bought the, I bought the tickets and you just came to your phone and you're like, wait, we're going to Abraham now. I literally didn't know how to process the information. I was like, <laughs> you were like, don't worry, I already got them. And I was like, God, oh, what? And then like I see everything and I'm like, oh, I'm like scrolling up into the past. I'm like looking yeah. and seeing the first messages. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh. Like I could not <laughs> believe it because what we literally envisioned was they're going to do like a one day workshop. It's going to be somewhere nearby. We're not going to have to pay for like plane ticket. It's going to be easeful and it's mm-hmm. going to happen like really soon. And um, it's just so funny because truly um, – so much of the art of manifestation is in the letting go, is in the surrendering mm, and trusting mm-hmm. that there is something better. I mean, can you imagine if I did convince you to go on a cruise or Amsterdam and then it was like, oh, there's like this one day one in Seattle <laughs> and it's a non-refundable ticket. We'd be like, wow, <laughs> all that Great. for nothing. Great. So yeah, sometimes, sometimes what you were desiring is truly limited in the scope of what is possible for you. And mm. so that was actually one of the lessons we learned. So yeah. So Gina, we're obviously, uh, we want to share all of our insights and it doesn't, you, we don't have to share only our insights from the live event, but maybe even calling upon things that we've learned just from watching for so long, because I mean, you should definitely share your Abraham journey because I've been listening for five years, but you've been listening for like 20 you guys, I mean, that makes me feel so old, but I started, um, I first got introduced to Abraham Hicks, yeah, when I was 19. So I guess it's not quite 20 years, like 19 years. That's wild. That is crazy. Um, and honestly, back then it was just the book and it was just kind of the teachings, whatever I could kind of find online. Um, and then really, I guess over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years is when I really started getting deeper into watching the videos because there's so much content out there. And now it's honestly part of both of our processes for, I don't know, at least for three, four years, where every morning while I get ready, that is what I watch every morning. And there's always a different video. And even if it's the same video, we always learn something different from it. So I actually have a note in my phone is literally called Abraham Hicks Wisdom. And it's (laughs) just- Wait, I think I do do too. Oh my God, I just looked at my phone and it says 1155. That's my angel number. (gasps) Oh my gosh. So exciting. Okay, pull up the Abraham Wisdom. Like, look, look. See, it's just all in here. Oh like, my god, those look are like at how little much. novels. You guys, she's showing novels. me her. her I'm just scrolling. It just There's keeps so going. Much. Um, I'll actually write out any certain sections from the videos that I see or anything that I like as you see online and I just save it all. So I've got lots. We both, um, me and Summer, this is just probably how we both were in high school. Um, just notebook out oh, yeah. and not leaving the paper, just writing. <laughs> so fast i remember <laughs> when okay stop when we were in the event um it was it was such a contrast because it was me and gina and then my business coach and really close friend who was sitting in between us and yeah. she like did not bring pen and paper and that's just typical <laughs> sagittarius fashion like she's she's very fly by the seat of her pants but obviously like very focused very successful very ambitious but she just showed up with her coffee and like her awesome amazing vibe no pen and paper gina and i are there like at the ready like as if as if we're about like, to like run a race the pen like the page was flipped open and the pen was like in the hand and every, i swear every time i looked at you you were literally writing like there was yeah you too furiously writing i could see um, you through the corner of my eye i was like oh my gosh she's writing something down is she getting what i'm getting i, I was, was actually 
I was actually trying to write at the speed of Esther talking. You I know. know, like I was, I was trying to dictate, um, or I guess transcribe, um, what right. she was saying. Um, but yeah, there were parts that I think that you were writing and I wasn't, and I was like, wait, wait, what are you getting? No, I know, and- I know. It was just like it was just like in middle school when like you'd be sitting there like watching your teacher give a lecture, and you would be sitting there taking notes and then someone would be furiously writing you'd be like what the fuck are they writing down like yeah like (laughs) it's not gonna be on the exam like what What are they getting (laughs) it's crazy because there was actually what ended up being one of the most mm, (sighs) like mind-blowing things for me I actually didn't write down we had to enter conversation and take that thought further beyond when we were inside of the workshop for me to really get it because I remember when she said um the details are best enjoyed as they come or best enjoyed as they happen. And I saw you. You immediately went to go write that down. And I was like, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This one's good. You're like, that's a good one. And I was like, is that important? Like, should I have (laughs) written that down? And so I actually want to talk about this because I actually had, um, this will be the first point that we kind of bring up. um, Good place to start. Yeah, good place to start because the details are best enjoyed as they come. Like, what does that really mean to you? And this can Mm. mean different things based on your level of consciousness, where you are on your journey. But this really makes me think about, I'm going to actually give you a metaphor, which is funny because Gina normally does these, but (laughs) I imagine putting in an order to the universe or asking for a manifestation is like looking at a menu and then based on description, you choose what you want to order based Mm. on description. But Mm. the actual details as in how that dish taste in your mouth, Mm. you know, what the texture of the food is, what the color of the food is, the plating of the food, the entire experience of eating that and dining with someone that you love and a beautiful vibey restaurant. All of those details are best enjoyed as they are happening. They can't Mm. be for like foreshadowed, I guess that makes sense. Like you just get to, you know, when you want to go to a restaurant, you literally look at the menu before you go. It's like, okay, I'm gonna look at the menu and see if I want to go. And then you decide, okay, this is what I want to go to this restaurant. But the actual experience of the restaurant itself can only be fully enjoyed as it is happening. Mm -hmm. Did I explain that right? You explained that perfectly. And I think a lot of us think we can imagine what the restaurant's going to feel like. And I think that's honestly how a lot of us live. We just kind of, we're not even really there. And so that's why we're not even used to really sitting there and enjoying it as it happens because most of the time we're we're not enjoying it as it happens. Like we think we are, but we're not actually present. And I wrote that down furiously. And like, I think I underlined it and like circled it and and put stars beside it. And yeah, after it was so funny because Sam was like, I was like, that's like not even... Like that's not even that profound because it's so simple. But I think it just made me remember how much like I just don't do that. And we actually just got off of an Instagram live. And one of the stories that we shared on there was when we were in Seattle. um, Actually, I guess I'll say this first. You would think that Abraham Hicks was the highlight of our trip. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually was not. It, it was wasn't. the details. Like Sam and I went into this mall. It reminded her of being in high school. We did an Alta hall. We took we, a photo. We got, we, 
photo booth pick. We did a photo booth pick, <laughs> which was terrible, but we're going to keep it forever. Um, we got best friend rings that was we super did. cute. Remember that? And then what else happened? We then, um, there were just like so many little things that were in the detail. But if I was just so focused on only enjoying Abraham Hicks the entire time there, I would have missed it all. I would have just been in a season of waiting, waiting, waiting. I can't wait till we're there. I can't wait till we see Abraham. And honestly, that was just so in the background of our minds because we were so present enjoying the details. So in extension to that, we were actually, um, another story I can share is that we were trying to go to Pike Place Market, which if you know Seattle, you know, it's just this big open market, beautiful flowers and food and all that kind of stuff. And we were going there. And again, that was the main destination. But everything that happened on the way there, the interactions we had with different people on the street, we had the most delicious cookie we've ever had so far in our life. So uh, we got to enjoy that. The, somebody was blaring the Macarena song as they drove by. Yeah. And me and Sam started dancing. <laughs> oh and my that gosh. was the details. Like we were actually enjoying the details as they happened. And when you were in that season of enjoying the details as they happened, there's really not enough room for you to be focused on what you cannot wait for. Yeah. And it's so important that you don't miss that part because that part is your life. I Mm. almost feel like life is what happens between manifestations, right? Because, you know, your big manifestation, remember too, that it will come to you in a moment that feels just as short as this one. It Mm. won't last any longer. And so it's really important that you don't get attached because you're so attached to experiencing it. But then imagine if I had pedestalized seeing Abraham over every single other detail of our trip, then what happens is after Abraham is over, then I'm really sad. Yeah. Then I'm like, wow, that's over. And that's actually how a lot of people feel after they manifest something. They get this big hit, probably mm. a dopamine. It feels honestly like a drug hit because they've been chasing it for so long. And then yep. after the high is over, the moment passes. Um you just are left feeling like, what now? Yeah. Right? I mean, it reminds me of like my wedding. I remember Mm. like it was all this planning, all of this stuff. And literally on the limo ride back to the hotel, I was like, that's it. That's actually, actually, that's actually how I felt too. Like in the limo ride back, it was like, okay, we're leaving. And everyone's like, yeah, like sprinklers. And it's like all this like noise. Right. And then we like shut the door of the car and it's like quiet. And we're like, exactly. all right, next segment. <laughs> like, but then it kind of was like, great, so now what do we do? And it's like, now you get to enjoy the details of your marriage. Mm-hmm. But I was just so focused on the wedding. And so honestly, I, I'm so grateful to you, Sam, because I mean, since the moment we've met, you have been the greatest teacher for me in enjoying the in-between moments and really not even just enjoying them, but to really vocalize it and, and say like, I'm enjoying this moment. Like Sam, Sam, the whole time we hang out, she's like, I'm having so much fun right now. This is so much fun. I'm really enjoying this. She will like literally go up to trees and like shove them into her nose to like fully embrace that moment of smelling the tree. And she's like touching things. And, and, and at first I was like, okay, like I get it. Like you're having fun. Like I heard you, but really it's just voicing that out. And so that your mind can actually acknowledge what's happening and you can really, really soak that in it really in the present moment. So I, I need to say thank you because honestly, I think since I've met you, I've really enjoyed my life so much more. And it's not because anything has actually changed. She has her hands to her heart right now. So um, not that, I mean, things have changed, but it's really my my awareness has changed. That is the key to everything though, right? And, um, you know, it is so funny that 
I am a very present person. I'm not saying that I'm present all the time. I, I'm a normal yeah. human. I totally get in my head and I get lost in anxiety and like regret and things like that too. But I'm, I would say I'm more present than the average person. And it is funny noticing how many people think that's weird because being not present is the norm. Yeah. Being stuck yeah. in your mind, constantly thinking about the future, creating anxiety, constantly reflecting on the past and regretting these things and feeling stuck in like stuck in the past, you know, that's more normal than being present. And so when people hang out with me for like the first initial times, they're like, wow, you're like really enjoying yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> what else is there to do? You know? Right. Because it's actually more socially acceptable to kind of be moving through life with low-key resistance, um, not enjoying what you're doing. I mean, think about how weird it is if I join a conversation where everyone's kind of bitching and complaining about their job. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm mm. actually just really loving my life right now. That would stick out like a sore thumb. So joy, although it is our birthright, it is our natural state, we think it is weird. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if somebody saw how happy you were, they would probably think, oh, it's because she has all those things and her life must be so easy. I but know. no, like you go through just amount of the same amount of contrast as anyone else. You you struggled more as, the same as anybody else. But it's like you just notice the present moment so much more. And that actually brings me to um, this analogy that we came up with in an Instagram live that we had, which, by the way, we're going to go live on Instagram a lot more. So you guys have to tune in. But we Follow talked us. about about how, how um, we often think we're either stuck in the past, which is where I was a lot of the time, you know, thinking about the things that I've been through, the pain, all of those kinds of things. And I was always also stuck in the future. Like, I can't mm -hmm. wait till I get there. And once I have that, I'm going to be happy. And oh my gosh, I'm so looking forward to this thing. And so the analogy that we had discussed was that it's really like a movie, right? It okay. would be like watching a movie and you're halfway through and you're still talking about the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Or you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder what's going to happen at the end. And then you're completely taken out of enjoying the movie as it's happening. And that's really how I was living in my life for a lot of the time. I was either reflecting on what already happened or I was trying to predict or control what the outcome was going to be at the end of this movie or in later on in my life. And actually, Sam kind of added on to this um, analogy and took it deeper. I'll let you explain. Oh, yeah. With the movie thing. Yeah. So think about a, think about watching a movie, right? I mean, Think of yourself in a movie theater. You're sitting in the seat and you're watching the movie. And if it's a really good movie, you're really convinced by the actor's performances, mm. right? You're watching the movie. You might be feeling the same emotions they're feeling. You might cr you cry. Like I watched everything everywhere all at once and literally cried and also experienced like insane laughter. Like I'm experiencing all these emotions throughout this movie because I'm so convinced the movie's real. Obviously, I have some awareness that it's not real. Mm. And then when you leave the theater, you step outside and you're like, oh, that was just a movie. That's mm. actually how it feels when you become a aware of all of your thoughts and feelings without being consumed or identified with them. So obviously, it's very common in our language to say, I am sad, I'm depressed, you know, yeah. I'm angry. And this is a failure really of our language because it's saying to us, us that that's our identity. And so, mm -hmm. you know, say that enough times and it actually becomes a, like your personality. Like, oh, she's a really anxious person or she's a really angry person. Mm -hmm. um, but these are actually things that we can observe. And if we can observe them, we're not actually them. So a lot of times I'm watching my own thoughts and feelings like a movie as if it's being projected on the screen in front of me and I don't try to get involved with it or like fix it or correct it. I'm just watching it and just like a movie, it passes. If you don't try and pause the movie, right, or get involved, it just 
just like every other scene of the movie, it's in a sequence. It moves mm. on. So every thought I've ever witnessed and observed, every feeling, I don't get really tripped up by it as much anymore because I feel truly like I'm the observer, the awareness, the person in the seat who's watching this happening. And I can observe it and let it pass and move into the next sequence. And something to keep in mind when it comes to, you know, especially feelings is they don't actually last forever. What mm. what ends up um, leading to them staying in our bodies for a long time actually is the resistance to letting them pass. And so a lot of what you're experiencing when you get triggered is like you're experiencing the trigger, but then you're also experiencing the stored memory of that same feeling that you never let pass through your awareness before. And so a lot of the work I do in my program is like helping people realize on a somatic level that feelings can be safe. But I think that we are socialized to think that certain feelings are really unsafe. And so we try to avoid them. We try to suppress them. I talk about this so many times, but it's no surprise that in our society, the most successful conglomerates are suppression, right? Like alcohol, mm. drugs, you know, big pharma, smoking, you know, all of these things are suppressants because we don't know how to feel our feelings. And so if you could observe your thoughts and feelings like a movie, would you feel the same way? Because it's like watching a horror movie. You can watch that and get scared, right? Or you can watch that with the awareness that my my husband does. He actually works on movies. So he's like, this is this is like a set. He's like, I'm standing there mm, holding a light. <laughs> like he has right. that awareness. So whenever right. he's watching a horror movie, he never gets jump scares because he's like, this is a right. movie. Yeah. And so I almost have that perspective now with my thoughts and feelings. As soon as I'm starting to feel scared, I'm like, this is just a movie. Like this is mm. not even happening because so much of what you're responding to is a mind-made image. It is a projection of the future where you think something bad is going to happen or it's like a reflection on the past and how you think that's going to impact the way people perceive or treat you now. None mm. of those things are happening, right? You're just sitting in the theater. You know, look at where your body is right now listening to this podcast. You're just you're just here. None of that's happening. It's all in your mind. It is literally a movie. Mm, I love that. And it kind of is like you trying to jump into the movie. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and and trying to like change that or believing that, like you said, that it is actually happening to you and that you just got like killed in, in the in the horror movie or something like that. And and mm -hmm. I, I've learned a lot about that recently with you about like you are not your feelings, that those are separate from you. But I actually um like this segue right now because in in reference to what you just said about, you know, not feelings don't last forever. And so on the flip side of that, good feelings are also something that we can get attached to. And that's something mm. that came up for us in conversation quite a bit with Sam, because as she enjoys so many of life's moments in a very deep way, sometimes you get sad that it's ending. Yeah. And so what can happen is then we start to have this belief that like, I need to go back to that moment because I want to feel that good. And oh my gosh, it's slipping away. And like, I'm never going to feel this good again. And so one of the the, the sentences that um, that came up in our conversation was she's like, but this is like the best, the best day I've, I've had. And then I added in so far. In my life. It's so simple, but it's like, this is just the best moment you've had so far, which then insinuates that there's going to be more. Whereas when you just say this is the best moment ever, you you're it. capping what the best can be and now there can't be any more. And you actually talked about that with the cookie in, wasn't it in, in, in Paris? Oh, yeah. So we were talking about the so far. Um, I think I'm gonna have to get that tattooed, honestly, because it just really puts me in a very positive expectant state, reminding me that there is so much more because as like, like Gina said, as soon as you say something is the best, you cap what the best can be. And also you're saying to yourself that there is everything is worse than this. 
Yeah. And so imagine if you say to yourself, this is the best day of my life. You're actually saying every other day beyond this is going to be worse. Yeah. And that's why I can feel like you're so attached to experiencing yes. something like that again. So I was telling her, um, well, on the way to Peck Place, we were enjoying the details of our walk, enjoying the music, enjoying all the things that were happening in our awareness. And I don't know why, but I just saw this store, grocery store, very aesthetically pleasing. It had a very modern farmhouse vibe. And we were like, oh, let's go in here. I just want to, I just want to be in this moment. I just want to go inside. And I remember I, we walked in and we said, new chapter. <laughs> as new if chapter. We were, as if we were segment attending, like Abraham says. And um, we were just wandering through the store with literally no intention. And then we just saw these literally freshly baked, warm chocolate chip cookies. And we were like, done. Have to get that. And we hadn't even eaten breakfast. We ate a cookie for breakfast. But um, we got these cookies and then we walked outside and we're just walking around. We're literally eating them. And I'm like, oh my God, now this is the best cookie I've had so far. Because I had been in Paris about six years ago and there was a bakery I walked into there and I had what I called then the best cookie of my life. And what's interesting is by calling that the best cookie of my life, I kind of like gave up on cookies after that. Like, right. you know, like was, nothing's going to match that. So. Nothing's going to match right. my Paris bakery cookie. Right. And so I remember just comparing like every cookie to this cookie and then just kind of being like, I don't even want a cookie unless it's the fucking Paris cookie, honestly. Right, right. And um, so I was so enthralled when I had this cookie, okay, <laughs> at Pike Place because it was it was beyond the experience of the Paris cookie. And so by saying in Paris that that was the best cookie, I know I keep saying cookie, but, you know, that saying that was the best cookie of my life, I was actually capping my ability to experience better cookies. And so this is what let, – let's substitute cookie now, right? That can be for anything. Like, um, obviously, people say best day of my life, best moment of my life, best hike of my life, you know, best book I've ever read. And I'm really learning how many times I've said that and then felt legitimately sad after saying it. Because what I'm secretly saying is that nothing could be better than this and that right. the best is over. And so right. one of the things I always remind myself and what that li little that little suffix of so far really reminds me of is that the best is yet to come. And yes. if the best was yet to come, like, how would you feel? You'd feel fucking excited, right? Mm. You wouldn't feel so attached to what has happened or what could happen. You already know more is going to happen better than this. Mm. This was just the best so far. And so that's something that Gina and I are incorporating into our life that we got from Abraham. As soon as you find yourself saying, this is the best salad of my life so far, and let yourself be open to a fucking amazing salad that's better than this one. Well, it's funny because, um, I mean, you can apply that to obviously all of those things, but I think that a lot of people do that with things that they're trying to manifest too, right? It's like, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I can't wait to have this because this is going to be the best when I re receive this, when I achieve this, when I get this thing. But then like you did with the cookie, you completely block yourself off from any other possibility other than that one cookie. Like it, it doesn't even go into your mind that there could possibly be another experience that could be more for you. And because you're closed off of that, you're now no longer in alignment to that. So you, you just can't receive it. So I, I love, I love, um, you know, maybe we can apply that to things that you're trying to manifest. Like I want to, I actually say this all the time. I want to manifest this or something better. Yeah. I never cap it at just manifesting this thing. I always say this or if universe, you can concoct something even better than this, bring that to me. I want this or something yeah. better. 
Well, what we talked about on our live too at the end of it, we'll have to post that one on our on our pages. Yes, we but will. I said that your your mind, the part of you that is trying to actually think of what you want to manifest and visualize, right? Your mind is a beautiful record of the past of every single moment in your life up until this very point right now. And so every single thing that you think about in terms of the future is honestly, it's like a remix of the past. Your brain yeah. is like categorizing and sifting and sorting through all the information it's ever experienced and it's trying to project this beautiful picture of like what your future could be. But what's so beautiful about the unknown and, you know, your mind's relationship to it is that your mind literally can't know it. Mm. And so I always remind myself that the greatest manifestations of my life will always surprise me because they those details cannot be imagined. They have to be best enjoyed as they happen. And so mm. Gina gave the example of our friendship and how this friendship, um, I don't know if you've listened to our astrology episode, but Ocean actually goes into a bit of our synastry, which is essentially the relationship between our two charts or our two souls. And it's pretty insane. It blew our minds, but honestly didn't surprise us, I guess, because we knew there was something. But, you know, Gina and I talked about how before we met, we had, I don't know, like always wanted a really close friend kind of like us, but we couldn't have even imagined us. So Gina, Gina, you tell the story. Like you, if you had written like a letter to the universe. Yeah. Like if I had written a letter to the universe, which honestly, like I, ha I have, oh. <laughs> you know, I, th I think for me coming from my family that, you know, I wasn't very close with members of my family at the time. And I moved, I used to move every two years. So I never had these like long standing relationships. Like my husband has lived in the same house his entire life. So he, he literally has friends from birth. And I've always really envied that. Um, I used to always want a twin. Um, twin sister because I was like, I just want someone in the world that really gets me. Because obviously at the time, both of us had very, very good friends, very close people in our life. But I think I was really wanting somebody that understood these kind of concepts that could geek out with me on these things. And so had I written down a list of everything that I wanted to manifest in this friendship, I would have gotten such a janky version <laughs> of, of, of Sam. It would have been this Frankenstein version of like, of, of stuff that I'm creating from my past experience. And on that right. note, an analogy that just came into my mind was it's kind of like when you're using your past to create your future, it's almost like using an old paintbrush with like all the dirty water. And you're trying mm. to use that to create a new masterpiece instead of like, oh, there's all these new colors that we can buy at the store and new paintbrushes. Like we're literally using an old dirty brush. And that's what I would have been using mm. to create my relationship with you. And honestly, Wait. I kind of, what? I think that was, the best one you've ever come up with. That was really, that one was really good. Can you All write right. it down? That one I'm was literally really writing good. it down right now. Because I would say that creating from the pure present moment, which is like the restart button that you have at every moment is yeah. picking up a brand new clean brush yeah, and creating with that. But yeah. so many of us can't do that. You know, well, some and of us, we wipe off the old brush right? Yeah. We're wiping it. We're trying to clean it, but there's still some residue of that old, old paint and now that old water. Yeah. And you can't create a new masterpiece without those colors, like tainting it. Mm. And, you know, I think about this all the time, you know, and this is, why, this is why I love animals because animals can only live in the present. You know, there's this, um, I read one time once before that if like no humans were existing on earth, like what time would it be? Oh, and it would just, there wouldn't, it would just be it would just be what it is. Like it would just be this moment, right? Because yeah. their time is a is a construct, right? It's a measure. It's something we we try to measure, right? So that we can have some semblance of control in our society. And it has its it has its um utility, right? But I always think about my dog and how so I have a 
very reactive dog, okay? He's super sweet. He loves people, but he's just very afraid of other dogs. And so if he gets close to a dog outside, he just loses his shit. Like, he just embarrasses me and I just have to accept it and move on and, like, pick him up or whatever. But there are times where he will just overreact a bit more aggressively. And there has been times where he has bit another dog and it's, like, very traumatizing for me. But one of the things I noticed is that as soon as we get inside, he already forgot. (laughs) And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, honestly, kind of pissed at him. I'm like, look what you did out there, man. Like, you just embarrassed us. And now I'm scared that that pug is not going to be okay. Like, and I'm mm. getting all mad because I'm still in the past. Mm-hmm. And then I look at this animal and he's just literally chilling. Like, he just drinks a little bit of water and then sits on the ground and he acts like it didn't happen because to him, it's gone. Mm. And so, yeah, I think a lot of us, we have such an attachment to our past because a lot of us think it's who we are. You know, we think we are who we've been, whereas you really are who you're deciding to be in this moment. That's all that you are. And that's actually why I love meeting new people because I love that they don't get to know who I've been. Like you're just meeting me now. Isn't that cool? Because that's, Mm. that's the most accurate representation of me that there is. But there are people walking around right now with ideas of who I've been. And more commonly, you're walking around with your own idea of who you've been, which is really impacting your ability to envision a more expansive future. One of the things that was very much made clear to us through Abraham this weekend um, and really was like a culmination of everything we've learned is that when you are experiencing a negative emotion, you are almost always believing an illusion. Mm. And so the understanding of the negative um, feeling is really The negative feeling is really an opportunity for you to look deeper and inquire what is happening within the mind. Because whatever you are reacting to is actually not happening in the reality. And I'll give a really good example. I have a client right now who she has a lot of negative money beliefs. And so we talked about how money is neutral and she's starting to understand that, right? But it takes a while. Like you might not actually believe at this point in time that money is neutral. Like money for you just might be like a really sticky source, negative subject. But Mm -hmm. money on its own is neutral. Mm -hmm. And she actually received um, a credit card bill and her thought was, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to afford that. Or, oh my gosh, that's so much. And, oh my God, that's so much more than I spent. And so what I was trying to get her to realize is that she's not responding to the credit card bill itself. She's responding to her thoughts and the stories and narratives she's creating around this credit card bill. Mm. And I had to give her like a counterexample that someone else could open their credit card bill and not have this emotional experience. Someone else is like, oh, I actually spent less than I thought I did or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. You're creating a story. And so Of course, the story is what's leading you to believe that there's going to be pain in the future, right? Oh, no, I'm not going to be able to solve this problem. And so she's believing in this really illusion that she's not going to be okay, even though none of that's happening right now. She's completely fine, completely safe. And then Mm -hmm. what that ended up doing was creating a lot of anxious action. Like, I need to budget. I need to do research. I need to, you know, restrict my spending. And these are what Abraham would call all upstream actions or actions taken from a non-aligned place. And um, these actions will not actually determine positive results for her in terms of of a feeling, which is what she really wants. Because even if she were able to figure out how to budget and restrict, she's still going to feel anxiety every time she spends or every time Mm. she gets a credit card bill, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this reminds me a lot of, oh, this is a really good one. She didn't say this at the workshop, 
or they didn't say this, but Abraham talks about how when you take actions out of alignment, that would be like vacuuming your whole house without mm. having the cord plugged in. And yeah. so that's how you get burnt out. That's what I call hustle, grind. Um, yeah, that constant chasing. You're taking a lot of action, but you're not seeing any movement. You're not feeling any progress. You just feel tired because you're constantly trying to take an action from one feeling in hopes that it will give you a different feeling. So mm. imagine you're trying to go from negative to positive. That's not how law of attraction works. You'd have right. to be the same frequency. You'd have to go from positive to positive. Or if you want, you go negative, negative, right? Which is what a mm. lot of people do unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And so this is the thing that this this just kind of understanding strengthened for me that any emote, any opposite. Okay, sorry. I'm wanting to manifest something like this girl wants to manifest more money, but she's doing that from a very negative place. She's yeah. saying, I will feel better over there but I will feel terrible over here and take all of these actions because of the shame I feel because of my credit card bill. And this really is super upstream. It's a ton of resistance. No result of this action is going to bring relief because any money that she makes, she's just going to feel like really scarce around and making mm. sure she dippies it up properly and doesn't lose it. And she's going to feel scared when she spends at the grocery store and all those things. And so if you really want to align with your manifestations in a sustainable way, in a way that will actually support everything you want to create and allow you to feel now, you have to find a way to match that energy and feel good mm. in the present. Wow. Mic drop. <laughs> that, was, that was so good. Yeah. But it's such a hard, well, such a yeah. hard concept to embody sometimes for 100%, sure. 100%. The lie, um, uh, the, below that, in my journal, I wrote, the lie is always that I can't feel good unless or until. Mm. That's the lie. That's the illusion. Because you're making that condition. Mm. no one's forcing you to feel that way you're deciding to feel that way based unconsciously usually based on your conditioning based on your limiting beliefs and your fears you really think you can't feel a certain way until something happens or manifests and that is attachment mm. and the buddha said attachment is the root of all suffering one of the things that I wrote down that for me is another simple one, but really powerful was which awareness holds more power, where you are or where you were or where you're going, right? And I think for many of us, our awareness is very much rooted in the past or in the future. But when you really realize that it is in the now, I don't know, there's just something about that that I just really needed to hear. And yeah. again, that goes into what you were just saying, like, I will be happy when, Um what did you have written down next? Or what I had, um, ooh, okay. I can't wait. So speaking of contrast, um, which I guess we talked about on, on the IG Live, not on this, mm -hmm. but we talked about contrast and how it's very necessary for us to ex experience this so that we can know what things are and so that we can know what we want and what we don't want. And so we talked about how this universe is very contrastive. You know, there's light and there's dark, there's up and there's down, there's left, there's right, right? We have to have both of these in order to understand one from the other. Mm -hmm. And going further, we also need to understand that no one of these is better or worse than the other. They're just polarities. Yeah. And yeah. there's this belief that, you know, love and light is better than like the dark night of the soul or mm -hmm. um, that high is feeling high and like feeling happy is better than feeling low. You know, these, of course, you can have preferences. A lot of spiritual leaders will say you're allowed to have preferences, but in actuality, in the nature of reality, these are just neutral polarities that help us mm -hmm. understand the, the wholeness of everything. And so you're not actually like 
totally spiritual if you're only being love and light because you're not whole, right? Because wholeness mm. would be incorporating its shadow. And so we talked about contrast or someone asked a question. I don't remember what they said, um, but they basically were wanting to know, like, can I just always feel good? Like, can I just yeah. basically, can I never experience contrast? Which was very relevant to me because that was, <laughs> that was how I found Abraham. I was like, I'm going to listen to these videos and figure out a way to never feel contrast. Like I'm, I'm going to listen to everything and get all the nuggets and never experience contrast. And of course, my desire to not experience contrast was believing that I, I just didn't want to feel pain. I was like, I just don't want to feel that. But if you all have listened to maybe episode seven, you know that pain is a beautiful gateway, beautiful doorway mm. to everything that is within you. But um, this is actually really necessary. And so she talked about how you can't know a smooth road without knowing a bumpy road. Yeah. And then she said, but if you don't ever experience a board road, um, if you only ever experience a smooth road, you all get very bored. And then everyone's <laughs> laughing because she's like, it would be so boring essentially to just be like, I don't know, like smooth sailing. You know, it's what we think we want. But think about it. Even um, when you go on vacation for like an extended period of time and you have nothing to do and like everything's all right, you get bored. You're like, totally. let's let's spice it up. Um, I joke about this with one of my best friends, but she, she'll she be on an airplane and she'll get so bored. She's like, let's get some turbulence up in here. Like, I'm bored. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what Abraham was suggesting, that like on this smooth journey of a life you're having, it's going to get a little bit, you know, boring. You need You yeah. need to spice it up. Not that you need to experience pain, but we need to see something different. And then um, furthermore, they also said it sounds so obvious, but basically that without contrast, we have no choices. And without choices, we don't get to create our own reality. We don't get to make our own decisions, right? Yeah. If there are no choices, then what is there? there there's nothing to choose. Yeah. Um, I, I really love what she said too, just calling it sifting. Mm. sifting through your experience and you're literally just have a little sifter you're shaking it out and you, you just get to pick I like this I don't like this I like this I don't like this and you know when you think of it that way it really is almost like this catalog like I imagine I don't know like did you watch Clueless do the you know one, Clueless with the Alicia movie. Silverstone oh yeah you know how she has like the in her closet she has that computer and she's like I don't want to wear this I don't want to wear that it kind of it just oh, looks like yeah. that right it's just like this catalog that's being shown in front of you and but we get so attached like oh, I don't want that and then we're so angry about it but we could just be like move that aside and just focus on the things mm. that we do want right don't focus on the clothing that you don't want to wear for the day just focus on the ones that you do want to wear for the day totally. and I really loved that simple simple um just kind of explanation of you're just sifting through your day to find all the good things that you want to keep. A lot of people are, and I actually talk about this a lot now, and this was based on so many of the teachings I kind of incorporated and integrated over the years, but a lot of people are offering what Abraham calls the vibration of what is mm. more than the vibration of what could be. So what that mm. means is you're constantly focused on your physical environment and you are saying things like, I'm so broke, or like, I don't have any followers yet. And to be honest, if you're focused on what's already happening, you're really behind the eight ball because everything that's happening right now is really a manifestation of everything you thought like earlier yes. today, yesterday, last week, last year. So focusing on what is is kind of putting you behind on your manifestations. You have to stop giving that attention. Focusing on it is just perpetuating very similar circumstances. And that is not what you want to manifest. So you can consciously choose to focus your vibration on what could be, right? And assume those feelings now. 
So instead of constantly reacting to what you're physically seeing and smelling and tasting and touching, really open and expand your awareness to what could be possible. And also know on a vibrational level that it is given. That's the entire premise behind Abraham's book, Ask and It Is Given. As soon as you ask for it, you activate that potentiality. You give it a vibrational reality. Obviously, you don't think it's real because you can't physically see it. And oh, remember, Mm. Abraham said seeing is a very confusing word because what we're actually doing is translating slower, fast vibrations. So what you're physically seeing in your environment right now is a translation of a vibration that has become slow enough for you to physically observe it. So if I look Mm. at the table in front of me, these are all vibrating. These are all energy as well, but they're vibrating at literally, I don't even know how slow, like so slow that they appear solid. And I can literally interact with them as solid objects. And much like your current reality, like your career, you know, I wouldn't say that's a solid object, but it's something that's physically observable because it's vibrating at that frequency. And so the thing that you're wanting to create, which is going to come from the future, which is going to be that could be vibration that you're offering, obviously you're not going to be able to see that, but it doesn't mean it's not real. And Abraham Mm. said that when you hit a gong, right, you hear the sound. And the sound travels through your eardrums. But that long after your ability to hear that song is over or that ring, the vibration continues. She's like, that sound is literally still traveling through space. And that's kind of how I feel about my manifestations. Like, I feel like my manifestations are like stars that have already burst like millions and millions of light years away. And I'm just waiting to be physically able to observe the light because a Mm. manifestation is turning a thought into a thing or turning light into form, right? So it literally is like that. Like I think of my manifestation, like whatever, I want to do a retreat or like whatever, I want this much money. And I just know I'm like, boom, the star just burst. Now it's going to take time and space because I live in a physical time and space reality for this thing to come into slow enough vibration for me to physically see it and translate it with my eyes. Mm. I love this topic because one of the things that she also said was that um, so many of us are like, but I don't see it yet, but I don't see it yet, and I want to see it. And she then said, when you want to see something, it's coming from a place of doubt because you you don't believe it, which then just like blocks that manifestation from being able to come into your into your awareness. And um, mm-hmm. it, going back to that gong thing, she she said the gong vibration never stops. Our ability to hear it does. Yeah. So that's what's right? happening with your manifestations. Like your ability to see it is is ending is is that not there? Right. Right. Because you can't see something that isn't vibrating at a slow enough frequency to be observable. You are not seeing Wi-Fi because it vibrates at a very high frequency. It's like in the effing air. Like, I don't know what I know what's real, though, because I wouldn't be. You know what I mean? I would not yeah. be able to record this if it wasn't real. And so, you know, you really do have to, inc- um, you know, act upon that faith that it is real. Like I trust that when I turn on Bluetooth that it will get connected, right? Right. It's a little bit faster than your manifestations because we live in a (laughs) time-space reality, right? The thing you want to man... I mean, you do... That's why Abraham says, ask and it is given. It is. It's like turning on the Bluetooth and like receiving it instantly, but you don't receive its physical form instantly. Mm. And in order to actually be able to physically observe the manifestation eventually in your physical time-space reality you would have to offer the same vibration of it now before it happens. And Mm. so this is where people get tripped up because they say, I'll be happy when. I'll feel good when. Or I can't wait till. I can't wait till this. Exactly. That's the lie. That's the illusion. Which brings me to Abraham's next 
cool thing that they said <laughs> that I wrote down <laughs> was really that you're either trying to affect a situation or trying to feel better. And most mm. of us are trying to affect situations. So I won't feel good until my bank account looks like this. I won't feel good until I lose th- 10 pounds. All of this is what Abraham says is trying to affect a situation, which if you guys would just understand, you only want to affect or change because you believe it will make you feel better. Yeah, That is literally it. If you knew that changing your bank account numbers or changing the size of your body would not do that, you probably would cease to care. You're trying to affect a situation, which is what most of us are trying to do when we come to manifestation. We're like, hey, can you help me manifest this, manifest this? Or you can try to feel better now. Now, when you do feel better now and make that unconditional, because I know a lot of you are thinking right now, well, I can't feel better until this thing happens, right? (laughs) Once you do learn how to feel better in the moment without changing a condition, what's really interesting is that you then become quite impartial to changing your situation. Yeah. Which is kind of the space that Gina and I are in now. We don't really need anything to change in our lives. However, there's full trust that it just will. It's like, it's like nature. It doesn't need, a tree doesn't need to grow in order to feel better. It just grows because that's yeah. nature. It just does, right? We just expand. We take aligned action. Things change naturally. Change is the only thing that is even certain. And so I don't have to worry about, worry about things changing. That's ongoing. But mm. when I feel better and I no longer am attached to changing a situation, what's really interesting is that then I become the magnet. Mm. Then I am the situation. I'm bigger mm-hmm. than the situation. I'm vibrating the situation. So whatever I'm trying to affect and change, it has to find me. It, I'm mm. a perfect match for it. And mm. so I also talked in a video recently about success and how there's so a lot of people who think I can't be successful doing what I love, which really just shows me that they believe success isn't doing what you love. But yeah. if it was, then you could be successful right now. You could do what you love right now and then you'd find success. And then all those traditional forms of success that you believe it is right now, like money, status, followers, whatever, all that shit finds you because you're well, already successful. I think the hardest thing for most people is, okay, now I know that. I, I'm hearing you, but like, h- how do I, how do I change my vibration? How do I go from wanting this thing, knowing that I, 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 I don't need it, right? Because I think that's what we talk about when we say you manifest things and they come into your physical reality when you no longer like care about them. And that's what Sam's saying is that you're so in the moment, you're so in the season of feeling good that you all of a sudden just don't even care if that happens or not. But one of the biggest takeaways um, that um, we got from this seminar, which they say all the time, is you take the path of least resistance. Where I think Sam and I were no resistance. Not the path of no resistance. Yeah. The least resistance. The least. And so if you are in a season of feeling like, I really want to create this, I really want this amount of money, or I really want to attract this partner, you just have to find a path that's a little less resistant than that. And that will start to kind of break you open into the better feeling. And I think the other thing too was, you know, a lot of times people ask Abraham, like, what do I do? What do I do? What actions do I have to take? How do I fix this? How do I take an action to change this reality? And she always kept reframing every single person that came on stage to to think instead of what do I do? It's what do I feel? right? It's all about the feeling. And so I think when it comes to choosing the path of least resistance, I think, again, a lot of us are are looking for like the magic pill, but just find something that makes you feel a little better. 
just a little better. And as you just take those inches towards the feeling of, of, of feeling a little better, like I said, I think that's when you start to get those light bulb moments, those epiphanies, things start to open up a little bit more. But most of us are waiting for the no resistance. Yeah. And this actually reminds me a little bit of what we talked about earlier and how you said that you know, someone hangs out with me and sees how like present and usually jo- joyful I am, they would think, oh, she's so happy because she has all those, thi- all those things. And I would yeah. say, no, she has all those things because she's happy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what we talked about with success, right? When you're happy, you are successful. If you chase happiness, the success is automatic. They are literally attached that way. But when you chase success, happiness is not guaranteed. And usually actually not there, right? But when you chase happiness, success is is guaranteed. Well, what right? does you chase happiness? Because that's attachment too. Totally. I guess what I mean is is prioritizing and really focusing on the feelings of the goodness, mm-hmm. feelings of happiness. I think the word chasing is obviously not not the right yeah. word, but I think we're chasing anyway, right? We are chasing, but I think if we were to kind of switch that over, and and I think I, I like that you pointed that out though, because I think again, when we are trying to manifest something, we think we need to do something, <laughs> like yeah. take that action. Right. Well, we say it's it's our it's our language, right? We say yes. I'm gonna manifest that, <laughs> right? So mm. we're taking um we're giving ourselves all of the agency and thinking that we will then go manifest that through yes. our physical actions and kind of acting through these upstream ways. But I always tell people, I'm like, it's in the law. It's the law of attraction. <laughs> you know, you stay. You are the magnet. You emit the vibration. It comes to you. You don't go to it. Right? And so, yeah, there's a lot of people who are chasing, but yeah, it's a very fruitless, very fruitless chase. Yeah, you're just on a treadmill, right? A never-ending treadmill. treadmill. You're literally literally on a treadmill. I mean, I would call chasing or hustling in the manifesting world, it's very similar to the hedonic treadmill, right? Which is that idea that, you know, you get to like, one next step of, of this ladder and then now you have to get to the next ladder and then it's like you're just yeah treadmill that was a good one mm. you're just on the treadmill <laughs> gotta yeah. write that down i also like what she said when she said most people are focusing on needing to be right versus feeling good oh yeah she said why do we need to explain the offness or justify it or do something about it this just keeps us from alignment you can just drop it and there were so many people who came up on stage who were like okay, so I want to talk to you a bit about this thing that happened. And she'd be like, do you want it to happen again? And they'd be like, <laughs> no. And she's like, okay, not talking about that. <laughs> and they're like, all righty then. <laughs> and it just it just immediately like cuts off the circulation because it's yes. crazy. You're, you do, we all have that propensity. Like we just want to keep talking about it. Yeah. And Abraham just literally will not allow it. It's like, it's like my dog, like freaking out and coming inside and be like, man, I was such a bad dog outside. I'm so sorry, man. That was terrible. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't think I should even go outside anymore. And she's just like, do you want that to happen again? No. <laughs> no. Like then you stop talking about it. You actually don't have to find a reason why things were the way they were. You can mm. actually just accept that they happened and move on. So one of the things that I wrote down was inten- attention, attention is an invitation. Ooh. And I love that because even in that example, you're sitting there giving attention to what your dog did. And that's now an invitation for more. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Instead and of just I also finding love- solutions. 
Yeah. Yes. And I love how she also said it, it's a it, law of attraction, not law of assertion. And I was like, yes, mm. right, right. But Man. we try to assert. We try to we, we t- try to take that control back. And again, as we're trying to take that control back, we're putting our intention, which is inviting, right? It's inviting more of what we don't want. And so, oh my gosh, my mind is being blown all over again looking at these I know. notes. I think she said, um, I want to I didn't write it down, but there was a quote that she or they said about attention that was so powerful. I don't know if you're going to recall it, or maybe it's just what you wrote down. But basically, when you are afraid, you are thinking of what you don't want. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to not get what you don't want. You're just going to get what you have your attention on. Yeah. And so if you're constantly thinking about what you don't want, that attention is an invitation, like you said. Mm. And your attention or your focus it is within your control, mm-hmm. right? And so part of the process of manifesting really is just becoming conscious of like, what have I been paying attention to, yeah. right? Just ask yourself. And there's no there's no wrong or right. There's really just inquiry. Like be that observer in the movie theater, right? You're just looking to see what is this movie that I'm watching? What am mm-hmm. I constantly paying attention to? Which movie am I playing, right? And you can switch the DVD or whatever whenever you want. But I think that well, a lot of us are not even aware what we're thinking. Well, that's what I was just going to say is that's what awareness is all about. And I mean, you know, it's it's really hard when you're first getting into manifestation because you have to take radical responsibility for the fact that you have created everything in your life. And yeah. I think that's a lot of the resistance for a lot of people in manifestation. They're like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't mm. create this. Why would I create a, a situation that I don't want? This, this must be bunk. This, this must not be true. Because you, you do have to kind of own up to the fact of what have you been paying attention to. And I think people think that when, when we say that you create your own reality, they're like, you mean that I made that person be rude to me this morning? And it's like, yeah. well, obviously, like you didn't go into no. their body and make them say that to you. But again, your intention is the invitation to more of those experiences coming into your life. So what have you been paying attention to? And okay. I sometimes have really stressful days where I get home. And honestly, like you and I have talked about this before where I'm like, I had a good day, but all of a sudden I was just in a really bad mood. And mm. I'll just be like lashing out. I'm snapping. And I have to kind of ask, like, but nothing even happened. But then when I think back and become aware, what have I been paying attention to? It makes perfect sense that I am now in this bad mood because it'll be the smallest thing. Somebody cut me off while I was driving and now like, I gave attention to that and, you know, super angry about that person. Or I might be calling a friend to talk about something annoying that happened to me or whatever. And and again, like you're just so unconscious of it. And so I think the awareness is really the key and understanding, you know, how did you even get here? But the beautiful part of all of that is that you can just change your attention. Mm-hmm. And, and and she was saying that you when you witness that, when you are aware of that, whatever you're aware of and you have your attention on, it just amplifies itself, right? It's the whole you, what yes. you focus on expands. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when I say or when anyone says you create your own reality, that does not mean you create all of the circumstances in your reality, meaning that yes. the external events, like that person walking by, like that coffee being spilled on your shirt by that random stranger on the corner of the street, like those are not the situations that you're creating, although you can eventually create those too. But What I'm talking about is you create your experience of your Mm. reality. So I love giving this example that, you know, I think about multiple people standing on a street corner, right? And they're waiting for the light to change. There's someone right now who's like standing on that street corner thinking this is the best day of my life. I'm so happy Right. right now. I'm so grateful for all these things that are happening. And they think this is whatever today is, July 20th. July 20th, they're gonna mark in their books as a good day. There's someone else right there right now who just experienced something or 
maybe they're just having a lot of really negative, anxious thoughts or constantly thinking about past and future. And they're like, this is the terrible day. So mm. the question is, is it a good day or a bad day? How do you know? Both are right. And that's the trippy thing about creating your own reality. Like for that guy who is having a joyous day, maybe he just, you know, got a date with some girl he likes. It is a good day. In his reality, July 20th will forever be a good day. Just like the Mm. day you get married, that will forever be a good day. For someone else, it's just a fucking day. And then for someone else, it's the worst day, right? Right. On On any given day, I always remember someone is dying right now and someone's being born. Mm. is it a good day or a bad day and so this is what i mean by you create your experience of your reality by your thoughts and attention to whatever is happening that day and so i think another way of wording that would be you create your perception of your reality perception is reality though exactly and so that is the part that you create because like you said i mean how many times have you and i been in a conversation where we are having a good day or i mean even honestly like when we were at the border lineup Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And that was so funny because, okay, wait, there was a guy who actually yes. was called into the hot seat who was complaining about like how annoyed he got at the border. And he was talking same about border. The, same border. Same border. Same border that we same, went through. Same day. Same day, same border. And we were also caught in the traffic at the border. But for me and Gina, the border was literally just a complete non-issue. Well, because we were like, perfect. Now we have more time to talk. And I wasn't I having to physically drive. So I could be, you know, we were like go- making videos and we were we were going through so many things. We we're listening to music. And we just were so just did not care because in our perception, that only just gave us more time to hang out and have fun. Whereas yeah. in somebody else's perception, they're like, I'm going to need to hurry. This is taking freaking forever. And for us, we were like, we, we hope this can last longer. Yeah. Right. So it really is perception is your reality. And so that is the part that you can you have the power to change. Um, It's just hard to believe that you do again, because you don't want to believe that you're the one who's perceiving things to be so negative. But when you just kind of release Mm. that need to be right and focus instead on feeling good, you can then just focus on changing your perception. Um, And honestly, you can do it in any situation. It it really just doesn't even matter. And one of the other things that I really loved was um, Abraham saying, talking about being in love. And I don't mean mm. like in a romantic, like I love you so much, but being in the in. vibration of love. Yeah. And she was saying that, or they were saying that in love, inside of love is the only place your inner being ever is. That is when you are in alignment. So again, the perception of being in love with wherever you're at. And so that was a really big, um, big one for me for sure. I lately have been living in every moment as if I like perfectly chose it. I'm like, this is yes. such a good moment. but. I actually want to go back to what you talked about because you actually just hit on something super important, which is taking that radical responsibility for your perception of reality and why people resist that statement. Mm. I'm actually going to read something that I wrote a while ago, which it's just very relevant. So I'm just going to read it. Okay. Let's do it. It's actually an Instagram post. So you guys can go check it out. And 222 people liked it. So uh, meant to Okay. Be. So two, two, oh my gosh, 222 <laughs> is um, me and Sam. It's like a twin flame angel number. And she actually gave me a bracelet um, with 222 on it. Anyways. Okay. Go so cute. Okay. I wrote the day I woke up, my spiritual awakening was both the most powerful and the most painful day of my life. Before becoming conscious of my personal power to create my own reality, I naturally blamed my circumstances. Mm. I was projecting that it was external reasons that kept causing my pain, other people, situations, but this didn't soothe me in any way. Because, but it was definitely easier for 
to blame others for what I had created for myself than do the incredibly difficult but rewarding work of becoming conscious. Mm. It is deeply painful for us to realize our own power for the same reason that we resisted for so many years. To admit that we were responsible for our own emotional pain is to realize that we had the power to end it all along. Mm. Most of us reject this at first. Then we wish we had known better sooner saved ourselves from all the unnecessary guilt, pain, and regret, the self-flagellation and torment behind our own eyes. But once we let this go, we take our power back. We will Mm. never again allow someone else or something else to define how we think, feel, and act. No longer do Mm. we need someone or something to be a certain way for us to be happy. We define our own happiness and create our own reality. When my clients also realize this on a deeper level, there are often tears of anger, sadness, and then joy. Because when we become aware of our own power, or sorry, because when we become aware of our powers, it's hard to realize it was always there, Mm. that it had never gone away. But when we heal this, when we realize that the past, exactly as it happened, led us here to know what we know now, and nothing can ever take this away from us, we are free. (sighs) How true is that? It's so true. And I think we've talked so much about the freedom and the feeling of freedom. I really love that. Um, That was so beautifully written. You guys have to go check out that Instagram post. I'm going to like screenshot it and save it on my phone. Um, (laughs) I'm going to like copy and paste it. You have to send it to me. So one of the things that I really, really, really want to impart on everyone is that negative emotion does not mean you're off track. It's just part of the process of choosing and creating, choosing and creating. And it's literally the reason for expansion because without contrast, there is no choosing. There's no choosing. Like Sam was saying earlier, and I think, you know, that whole talk about taking that responsibility, of course, you don't want to face the fact that you are the one who has created that. But if you understand that that negative emotion that you're experiencing that's coming up is just part of the process of you now expanding and choosing differently, you know, you start to have more, I guess, more openness to it, that this is just part of the process and part of the journey of you actually loving your life more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we call it the spiraling higher journey because it really, you know, in order to spiral, think about it, you go in circles, (laughs) Mm. but the the circle like continues to rise and you do experience a lot of contrast throughout your life, but hopefully you'll be able to experience contrast from a new perspective. I think when you come to this journey, you experience contrast first as bad, right? This is bad that I'm experiencing. This is bad that I'm feeling this way. And then later in your life, you will come to experience contrast as really just an opportunity to like recalibrate, you know? Because one of the things we learned from Abraham is that by the time you're actually feeling the manifestation of a bad feeling, because that is a manifestation too. A feeling is also a manifestation. She's like, you've been entertaining a lot of negative attention for a long time. So that's because I always tell my clients, there's three forms your manifestation takes and it's thought first, which comes instantly into the brain feeling, which takes quite a few thoughts to build momentum and create feeling in the body. And then we have to hold that feeling in our body long enough to create a physical reality from it. Mm. And so by the time you're in like step two, which is like feeling the feeling, you've been entertaining a lot of negativity. And so this is, I literally now think of my feelings as just like signals. I'm like, ooh, kind of like you've been running on a bad ankle. And all of a sudden, it, like, re- now it really hurts. It's like, okay, I literally can't take another step. That's like your negative feeling. Your negative feeling is like, hey, like, can you like check your beliefs for a second? Like, you know, check, check, what, you're be- check what you've been thinking. Mm. And I almost feel grateful. Like, thank goodness now my body tells me 
right? That I'm thinking that. Just like your ankle would hurt if you sprained it. You want that pain as a signal. Otherwise, you would literally need to get like your foot amputated. Like, you you know what I mean? So it's like (laughs) totally the the pain of a negative feeling is really like an opportunity to get super curious. And that is something Mm. I invite so much into my work when I move them out of judgment into curiosity because shame isn't going to help us any get it any further. Well, I love um, the next note I have here basically says, how deliberately have you been trending towards feeling good? Mm. And I think a lot of times we're just, as we said, we're just unconscious throughout our day. And that's why I love this practice that you and I have now, which is just really soaking in each moment and enjoying the details as they happen because then you are deliberately trending towards the feelings of feeling good. And one of the other things that I wrote down here was live a lifetime in a moment. And I loved when she said that because I feel like, you know, again, that trip that we had was three days. It could have just flown by, but really every moment did feel like a lifetime. I mean, we felt like we lived like eight lifetimes in one day. I know. And and we didn't even really do anything like that exciting in that sense. We were just literally walking around from one store to the next. And well, that's the thing. When you are really present, everything's exciting. You know, um, Eckhart Tolle, um, who's one of my favorite spiritual teachers, he wrote The Power of Now and A New Earth. Definitely go check him out. But, you know, he talks about how when he, when his suffering really ended, when he became aware, like, Mm. I mean, he was known for several years as like that random guy in the park that just like sat on a bench all day. And he, (laughs) and he talks about that time. Like, I never experienced more joy in my life. And he wasn't doing anything. He was just present. Mm. And, um, pure presence really makes honestly i've i've been experiencing a lot of glimmers of this recently but just i'm not even kidding the experience of being a live human can just be mind-blowing sometimes like when you're fully present like all of your senses like there are times when i'm standing or sitting outside and i can just feel everything i just like feel that like little gust of wind and then i feel like the heat on me and then i'm like smelling mm. like a flower and then i'm like hearing a dog and like it's honestly like a beautiful concert like symphony of things happening but mm. when your awareness isn't there and it's in your mind you miss that and yeah. so you think it needs to be bigger than what it is um what else did we write down here oh my gosh a really good one was when that girl said i'm afraid of what i'm asking for Oh, and she that one said, was so good. And they said, are you afraid of what you're asking for or are you afraid you won't receive what you're asking for? Mm. And I find that really interesting because people are so afraid of not receiving what they're asking for, but they're already in the state where they don't have what they're asking for. And if you could be okay with that, then you would be in alignment for what you're asking for. And so this terrible thing that you're fearing, oh, but what if I don't get what I'm asking for? What do you mean? Then you would just experience right now. Right. It's, it's almost like there's only up to go from here. Right. It's, it's, it's like saying, oh, I'm so afraid that, okay, like I have $10 and I want $100. And I'm like, I'm so afraid I won't get $100. And it's like, well, why? Well, because then I'd only have $10. And it's like, but that's where you are right now. This is, this is as bad as it gets. Like yeah. this, this is you, you might actually be able to get 20 or 30 or four or hundred, but it's like, you're already almost in like the worst imagined reality that you're trying to get away from. Right. And you're okay. You're fine. You're actually fine. You're, you're sitting in the car right now, or you're sitting on a couch or whatever. You're doing errands and like, you're fine. 
I don't know if this was from that same woman, but I loved when this person was kind of sharing what they were doing to try to get out of this negative vibration. And um, Abraham asked, are you doing this to affect or improve the situation? Like, are you trying to do this to stop this or are you doing this to try to feel good? And that's like a really key distinction because I think there's a lot of times where our ego will use things against us and tell us like we need to take these certain actions. And a lot of the times for me, it is so I can stop this feeling from, from, from coming up or stop an experience. And anytime you're trying to stop something, you're taking the action, you're actually just amplifying it because again, your attention is on stopping it versus when you flip that attention to, I want to try to feel good. Now your attention is looking for things that feel good. But also going back to what you just said about how your attention to it is making it worse. I really want to use this example because it's so powerful for me. But imagine like your bad feeling is the rock that dropped in the water and created a ripple. And then you try to stop the ripple by sticking your hand in the water. Yes. You would literally just create more ripples. More ripples. The (laughs) only way it stops is to just literally let that feeling float through your body. You're actually trying to stop the flow of energy, which is causing the pain. And a great way to think about this is I heard this, I read this story. It's in the Anthony DeMello book, the awareness Mm. book. Very good book, by the way. Such a good book. But there is a story in there about someone who jumps out of a window and like survives. And someone asks him, hey, did the fall hurt? And he said, no, but the stop did. Mm. And I think that's so powerful because I think that honestly, all of our resistance or all of our suffering is trying to stop pain not necessarily letting pain pass through. Because, you know, everyone's had a good cry here before. They've just like not tried to resist. They've just let it happen. Ugly tears, sad music. And it feels like honestly really good. Remember when you were crying at Emmeline's video in the car? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> On the way, that was a beautiful detail that got to be enjoyed as it happened. Yes. Um, I got in the car and one of the first things she turned on was a video of them singing that song, um, the one like about the my father. father. Yeah. Like yeah. My so father. my daughter um, is seven and we always like to, she likes to record these songs of us singing together. And there's a song um, called Like My Father by Jax. And it's just basically like, I want a man that loves me like my father loves my mom. And so I just wanted to show Sam because she's um, very close with my daughter. And Sam just instantly got into like ugly cry. And you just let it all out. I love it. Just you let just let, it let yourself. Yeah. And now I'm going to use my gross metaphor. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, okay, you guys, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> guys, I have to use this metaphor. And I actually got a part of this metaphor from Kyle Cease, who is a great mentor of mine. Yes. And um, the metaphor has to do with taking a shit, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> listen, when when you – okay, think about food entering your body, right? That's energy, right? It's energy being consumed and it's calories and it's being cons- it's being consumed so that it can be used for output, energetic output. But when it goes into your body, after you chew it and digest it, it creates a blockage, right? And that blockage needs to be released. And the only thing that will alleviate the pain you feel of this blockage is releasing it. Holding it Mm -hmm. in will literally make it so much worse. I mean, I don't want to bring this up, but I remember your daughter was constipated. That was a really scary time. That was the worst day of my life. Yeah. (laughs) I hope hope that – let's make it the worst day that every day after this gets better. That you can keep – Exactly. That I'll keep because <laughs> everything is going to be better than that day. Yeah. Yeah. But best day you have to say so far after. But yes. So yeah, the only thing that alleviates this pressure that you feel, this pain that you feel is a release, right? Mm. Before the release, you feel sensations, right? You're uncomfortable. This is how you know 
it's time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. The only relief comes from releasing it. So this is really similar to your emotional processing, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, oh, I need to process this emotion. What they're really saying is I need to think about this emotion. No, you don't need to think about the emotion. You need to process, feel, and release the emotion. So the same thing, once you notice that you're feeling angry or you're feeling anxious, this is now going to create an energetic blockage in your body if you do not allow the emotion to be released, meaning that you mm -hmm. don't let the emotion fully go through its arc, right? A lot of people feel the onset of an emotion. It kind of starts to heighten and they freak out and then they try to do something to stop it, right? Yes. Which is like drink, smoke, you know, something to kind of get them out of the present moment because it's too painful for them to experience this emotion. But like all emotions, there is an arc, right? There's a start point, like a high point, and then a drop-off point. And a lot mm. of us are getting stuck at the top. But the only thing that will alleviate the pressure of this emotion is actually to release it. So like a good cry is really powerful, right? And so when you start to feel emotion, right, this is a really good sign that you really just need to relax and release. I mean, imagine how painful it would be to like try to take shit, but like, you know, tighten your butt. Like that would <laughs> literally make it so much worse. Totally. So much worse. Like you need to actually just relax and realize that even after the shit is gone, you're still there. Yeah. You were the butt. Same thing with the, and this just helps me so much because same thing with the energetic emotion. Like you would think like it means something about you. You're getting attached to the story that you're, you know, mm. associating with this emotion. But this emotion is literally a piece of shit that is leaving your body. Yep. And once it is gone, you remain. Mm. You don't leave. You don't go anywhere. And I think that when we start to feel emotion, we just we just panic and we we just we just like clog it up. And that's how emotion gets stored in the body. So next time you're feeling a really negative emotion, just remember this is a piece of shit and it needs to pass through. Very relaxing. Well, actually, and one of the things that she said was the feeling of relief, aka, you know, doing that cry, releasing that emotion, it's actually on the path to alignment. Yeah. So, uh, I but mean, it's I'm also, it's also just a normal process of life to think about it. Yes. How many shits are you going to take in your life? Yeah. Most people, I guess, once a day, maybe more, yeah. maybe less, but like that is not going to stop happening. You don't right. stop taking shits. That would be very concerning. So that's the thing about that girl who was like, how do I stop experiencing contrast? And even me, I've asked that question before. It's like, no, you don't stop experiencing energetic flow through your body, which is what an emotion is. It's energy in motion, emotion. You don't stop mm. that. To be honest, if you stop feeling emotion, you're dead, right? When you're in like six, seven, eight, nine D consciousness, you're not feeling emotions. They don't exist on this plane. There is no emotion. There's just awareness. There's just consciousness. There's just energy. So you're on this physical plane. Energy means you're alive. You're in motion, energy in motion. And you don't try to stop them. They are a natural part of being a human. Mm, just like going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you can't be human without going to the bathroom. Sorry. Yeah. It's just sorry. part of it. And <laughs> it's funny because we don't, we don't curse that. We just know that if you're a human, or sorry, you don't even have to be a human. You just have to be alive. Everything that's alive, mm. like, takes a shit. Same thing. Everything that's alive has emotions. Your dogs have emotions, too. My dog gets scared. Interesting, though, because, you know, for a lot of kids and a lot of people, there is a lot of shame about taking a shit, though. Yeah. Some, there, <laughs> so there is. Yeah. yeah. So imagine, okay, you, you've just doubled down on this now. You, you feel like shit about taking a shit. Now you feel like yeah. shit about having an emotion. 
and because you feel like shit about these things, you're holding it in. Like, I think about that. Like, I actually know someone right now who like never wants to take a shit in a public place. And I'm like, that's so painful. But that's kind of like not wanting to cry in a public place. Totally not <laughs> wanting people to see your tears. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's actually so funny oh my god right this is actually I mean Sam was going off on this analogy and I was like I mean it's making perfect sense um but she she just kept going um I'm glad that you brought it up here um I guess we need to um do we need we need to wrap up here hey Yes. But one of the last quotes that I, I really like because I am a chronic worrier, um, she mm, actually said that worrying too. is your excuse to be out of alignment. Oh, I love that one. I wrote it down too. <sighs> right? It's so good. And then she also talked about milking it and and milking each experiencing ex- experience. Sorry, um, not she just said because it just feels good. I just I yeah. don't know. Okay. Wait. I think maybe the final thing before we try to close out, but. What one of the things that made me laugh so hard was that she or they said, when people start to realize that feeling good is the only way to be in alignment with what they want, then they might say something like, fine, I'll feel good so that I can get what I want. And then she said, feeling good is what you want. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, I just clicked again because I do that. I'll do that sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, I know how the law of attraction works. So fine. I'm gonna feel good. So I can right. get this thing. But it's yes. like, that is what I want. Feeling good is what I want. Like there is <laughs> You're already else. there. Yeah, there is nothing else. And then when I, when you really realize this, when you not just realize it in your brain, but really feel it in your body, feel it in your bones, then you really do invite that law of detachment where like mm. you actually just don't care about getting it. You set the intention. This is the thing that you would like to achieve or reality that you would like to enter. And then you just feel good here in the now, the only moment you ever exist in. And know and trust that whatever you were imagining, like I said earlier, it's a remix of the past and is probably not going to be as beautiful, awesome, and accurate as what could be possible for you. So release that. But also just know that if you feel good now, there is nothing else. There is nothing else. I know. I wrote that part down and I have it like outlined and starred. Um, yeah, because it is so funny. And I think it, it's that it's really the connection that that we make when you are learning about manifestation, because she literally said feeling good is what you want. So don't feel good to get what you want, because what you want is to feel good. Yes. And you can kind of eliminate that middle part. And it sounds yes. so simple. But well, it's, it's funny true. because it's at facts. this point, my clients will say, so what? I just have to be happy. And I'm like, that's yeah. what you want. Yes. I'm like, literally every single, the reason why you're here is because you want to be happy. So yes, the assignment is to actually prioritize joy and to actually be happy and see how your life shifts. Because there are very powerful things that happen for people when they actually just decide to be happy. People don't even realize they have that conscious choice. You do. Yeah. No yeah. one's holding you down and saying, you got to be unhappy till this happens. You're doing that. Right. And so- Realizing that has allowed me to just release so many conditions, you know, Mm. um, Anthony DeMello and um, Michael A. Singer, two writers, spiritual teachers that I really call upon a lot during my journey, really have taught me you can actually just choose to be unconditionally happy. Yes. And this is a very radical, radical act of self-love and liberation. Because mm. it's really the thing that we are trained to not do, right? And that is the ultimate freedom. That That is the freedom. The freedom is not in the place, the money, the part. It's not in that. It's realizing like, holy shit, like I can literally just be happy right now. It's the freedom like, of needing any of it. Yeah. 
That's right? the freedom because you're not free if you need it because as soon as you get it, you got to keep it. Oh, yeah. You got to create more of it. That's not freedom either. You know, Gina and I caught ourselves on that a couple of weeks ago. Like I was kind of attached to this whole like, ooh, I need to make sure that I always have the location freedom. And then it's like, I only feel free when I'm traveling, but that's not freedom that I have to keep traveling. Right. Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's not what I want at all. Like, I just want to feel free wherever I am, whether I'm traveling or not. That's, that's real freedom. Mm. And so you can choose in this moment to be unconditionally happy. And if you're experiencing resistance to that, just notice what thoughts come up. What, what are the conditions that you have created or that you have really adopted through your upbringing, through your conditioning, right? That's literally what conditioning means, like creating certain conditions that you believe are good, that you believe are bad, right? Mm. Wrong, condition to be happy, condition to be unhappy. You know, what are these conditions that you have been living by? Um, so that you can become conscious and decide, I don't decide whether or not you want to keep them. You know, that's really what we do in coaching. I always tell my clients, like you can keep every single belief you have. There is no obligation to change them. Mm. What I'm doing as your coach is showing you how these beliefs are creating what you are experiencing. Mm. And you get to decide now that you have this awareness if you want to keep it. Mm. Do I want to keep this belief? Do I want to discard this belief? Do I want to edit this belief? And sometimes there are beliefs that make us angry that we or sad that we do want to keep. And that's fine. You don't have to change them. You literally get to be the creator of your own reality. You choose. You You choose. It's like the pick your own adventure. Like, you know, those books, choose your adventure. And they're all good. They're all good. It's just different. We might have to do a part two of this. We'll have to see. I mean, we have lots of podcast episodes to record. So I'm sure a lot of this stuff will come back into these episodes. Um, Well, and I'm sure this won't be the first time or the first, sorry, the last time that we go. Yeah. I totally, I totally see us going back if they come to the area or who knows, maybe we'll travel. We have. This um, was the best Abraham Hicks workshop so far. So far. There's more to come. (laughs) Best is yet to come. You know, really adopt that attitude. If the best was yet to come, like, how would you feel? I think you would just feel, you know, really grateful for everything that's happened and just really positively focused with your attention. Positive expectation. Yeah. A lot of us are doing unconscious negative expectation. And we don't have to do that. Right. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for joining us here on the Spiraling Higher podcast. These are the conversations that we just feel so grateful to have with each other and share with you. It feels like, honestly, like nothing's changed. Like we're just sitting in the car at a McDonald's parking lot talking about this kind of stuff. But (laughs) someone's listening now, which is really crazy. Totally. So if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. Follow us at Spiraling Higher on IG. Um, We are responding to DMs there. So let us know what resonated with you. And um, if you ever have topics that you're curious to hear us talk about, let us know. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. Here's to spiraling higher.